by faith. I'm Mike Slater. Thanks for being here. We are going to get more focused on our original mission statement these last two weeks or so. With Christmas and New Year's, we got a, a little bit away from the news, like the, the big news story of the day, and talked sort of bigger thematic things around Christmas and all the rest. But we're going to get back to the news. Uh, before we get to today's story, I want to share a couple emails we got based off of the last episode, we ended with uh, Jesus saying, if they persecute me, they'll also persecute you. And I asked, how would you respond to that? What is your response when they persecute you? And I liked these two. I liked them all, but I like these two. Uh, Deborah says, Jesus, make me like you, faithful to the last. Eric said, uh, my response is, come and get me. Which reminds me of the Texas Revolution flag with the cannon on it. It says, come and take it. Inspired by the Battle of Thermopylae. I like that. Come and get me. Well done. So the uh, mission statement. What is the mission statement? Uh, story of the day that brings anxiety. Talk about it. Break it down. Lament it. And then give some biblical, or excuse me, historical uh, perspective and biblical peace. And then end with what, what, what can we do now that we have this better, broader perspective. So the story of the day today is Damar Hamlin. Buffalo Bill's. Football player, a safety. Have you seen the moment? He made a tackle. He was on defense. He made the tackle. And then stood back up and then immediately fell to the ground. And the players huddled around him. And you could see the uh, terror in their eyes, the, the pain, the desperation as they were performing CPR for over 10 minutes on him in the middle of the field. Imagine watching that. Have you ever been in a situation? Have you ever seen someone die in front of you? How helpless you feel, how helpless these players felt. And the announcers, Buck and Troy, they were going on about how they've never seen anything like this. The Monday Night Football game was postponed because the players were so distraught. They, could, they couldn't play. They could barely stand up, could barely move. Now, you may not care about sports, but don't worry. There's a lot more going on here. Let's back it up a bit. September of 2022, September of last year, the beginning of this season, there was another Bills player, Dane Jackson, who had a serious neck injury in the middle of the game. He had to be carted off the field in an ambulance. And everyone was worried that he had this major spinal cord injury. Fortunately, he didn't. But they talked to the, the reporters talked to DeMar Hamlin in the locker room after the game. And here's what he said. How difficult is it to, you know, get right back to playing football? Uh, real tough, you know, because it's like it's like real life stuff going on, you know. Um, life is bigger than football. Mm, indeed. Life is bigger than football. Now it's Damar who is taken off the field in an ambulance. As I'm recording this, the latest is he's still in critical condition. But maybe things are trending a little better. He was on 100% oxygen. Now he's on 50% oxygen. His uncle said doctors flipped him on his stomach to help with the blood in his lungs. I mean, he was resuscitated twice. I mean, does that mean you're dead? I mean, is that what that means? If, if you were resuscitated, that means you were unsuscitated. I don't know, right? He was once on the field. So someone saved his life on the field. I wonder if we'll ever get an interview with that person. Who was the person who did CPR on the field and brought him back to life? And then he had to be resuscitated again at the hospital. Seems like things are maybe, maybe trending a little better. He seems like a, a good guy. His mom was 16 when she had him. We need to commend these moms who keep their babies and raise them well. He's 24 now. He has a little brother who's eight. He said the reason he chose to go to University of Pittsburgh for college was because he wanted to stay close to his little brother. 
He said, just staying close to my family and then having my little brother around so I could be a role model for him and just show him examples of life that I've never really had. That's a good one. This is from a recent interview. I mean, the only thing I could think of saying right now is I'm, I'm big on family. Like, I'm big on my family unit. Um, like, my mom, my dad, my little brother, like, that's pretty much my whole world. Um, outside of any other thing going on, my life revolves around them. So what do doctors think happened? Of course, you cannot say anything about the V-A-C-C-I-N-E. Seriously, if I say the word, then all the podcast formats, however you're listening to this podcast, has an AI algorithm that listens to the audio. And if I'm saying these words, then they'll flag the podcast. I don't know if they can spell. I don't know if the AI can spell words. But if you ask any questions about the V word and how that could possibly affect people's hearts, then you are a terrible awful, grotesque person who is spreading dangerous misinformation. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to ask any questions. The uh, official line is that if you get hit in the chest at precisely the right moment, then it can affect the electrical currents in your heart and make your heart stop beating. How small of a window? Pretty small because people aren't dropping around us all the time from getting hit in the chest. A 20 millisecond window. A millisecond is one thousandth of a second. A thousandth of a second. A fly, a house fly, flaps its wings in three milliseconds. A bee, it takes five milliseconds. So in four bee wing flaps, 20 milliseconds, if you get hit in just that precise moment, I suppose in just the precise way, in just the precise uh, force, then you can have a heart attack. I guess. And they're saying that's what happened to him. Awful. Now, the same within the same day or two, I also saw in the news that the tennis star Martina Navratilova got diagnosed with throat and breast cancer. There's a famous rally car driver, Ken Block. He died in a snowmobile accident. He was 55. The snowmobile landed on top of him. There's an actor, Jeremy Renner. He's uh, the archer guy in uh, The Avengers. Hawkeye is his name. Hawkeye. He uh, was in the ICU from a snow plowing accident. And then Barbara Walters died at 93. For someone who had a career of 72 years, her death, Barbara Walters' death was in the news cycle for five minutes and over a holiday weekend when no one was paying attention. How about that? A person who dedicated her entire life to news. One of the most famous people in the country. She died and no one even, no one even knew. No one even knows. No one cares. No one was paying attention to the news. Also over New Year's weekend, 20 in Chicago, 28 people were shot. Seven people were killed, including a nine-year-old boy. I was just scrolling through a website and I found all these stories. That was my bombardment of death and serious injury news within a day. <laughs> Jeez. So what's really going on here? People don't like to think about death, but sometimes... Life will smack you in the face, telling you, you should think about this. And it will smack you at times you don't want to think about it. Like in the end of the first quarter of a football game, for instance. But when it does smack you, we still do the best we can to ignore it. 
People don't want to think about death because we don't want to confront the questions that inevitably come when you think about death. That question is, as the nation gears up for another election season, tune to the first TV for the best coverage on television. Get an exclusive inside look at the American political machine with Sean Spicer at 7. Unmatched analysis and historical perspective from Bill O'Reilly at 8. Then a bold, unapologetic take from Jesse Kelly at 9. It's must-see TV in primetime every night on the first TV. Watch the first on DirecTV Channel 347, Uverse Channel 1220, or DirecTV Stream. America is on trial. Join me, Josh Hammer, as we examine the presidential election through the only lens that truly matters, the legal proceedings of Donald Trump and the Biden crime family. This new daily podcast examines breaking news and analyzes the biggest questions facing the country. Can the former president, Donald Trump, get a fair trial? Can Trump be disqualified from the ballot? Can Joe Biden pardon his son, Hunter? Can Trump even pardon himself? We cover all the action every morning. Listen to America on Trial wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Where am I going next? So I die, then what? Okay, so you start asking that question. No one even, like very few people even get to that point. But if you do, then you ask the question, well, I don't want to go to the bad place. So what do I have to do now to make sure I don't go to the bad place? Oh, well, that means I may have to change my life now and I don't want to do that. So better to ignore the whole thing. And here we are. And when death smacks people in the face, we don't know what to do. So I'm here to suggest that maybe we should be thinking more about death. The Stoics always did. They had this, this Latin expression, memento mori. Memento mori. It means remember that you have to die. Remember that you have to die. Death is inevitable. People used to be around death all the time. It was a part of everyday life. People dying, kids dying, killing animals to eat, right? And now think about it. We never see animals die. Have you ever killed an animal to eat it ever in your life? We don't see animals die. We just show up at the grocery store and it's all sanitized, ready for our consumption. And then humans, we send old people away to die someplace else. Canada, oh, we're going to do an episode on this. Canada has this assisted suicide program. They call it MAID. M-A-I-D, maid. Oh, I just, you know, I want to get a maid. Huh? You want to kill yourself? Is that what? Oh, no, no, maid. I want to use maid. Jeez. It's like one of the worst euphemisms of all time. But the point is we push death away from us. People go their whole life without thinking about death. How much did this 24-year-old football player think about death? Probably never. I sure didn't at 24. But we should. The ancient philosopher Epicurus, he said, rehearse for death. Rehearse for it. Wow. Why? Because death, they said, is the master fear. For most people, there's nothing they're afraid of more than dying. And it's a pain so enormous. The safest thing to do is just to ignore it entirely. And that's where most people are in America today. So let's lament for a minute. What are we going to lament? Let's lament death. I'm just saying we should think about it. I'm not saying it's awesome. I'm saying it's a reality and we should contemplate it. It's getting closer every day. So let's lament the difficulties of getting old, of time passing, things in the past. My wife and I, we get little glimpses of this when we look at pictures of our kids from just a couple years ago. 
And we think, oh, how sad it is that time flies. I'm starting to think of things in terms of decades now. Because I've been in San Diego for 12 years, over a decade in San Diego. Uh, we, had, we just had our fourth kid. That's our last one. So uh, there's like a season of our life that we've had to put to death, if I may. This, this having children phase. Now it's onto the, the complete raising of children phase. And then there's the empty nest phase. And there's different phases of life. And I'm, you know, I'm excited for the next ones, but I mourn the loss of the ones that were. Just time flies. Is there a season of life that you miss the most? Maybe have regret about it or just nostalgia for it. You may also be getting old and can feel it in your body. No matter how much you've worked out in your entire life, your body wears down. And eventually you die. And everyone you know dies. Even the people you love the most. Even your children. Geez, Slater, it's getting dark. I know, this is the lament section. Marcus Aurelius gave some advice by way of Epictetus. Brace yourself for this. Brace yourself for this advice. This is maybe the hardest piece of advice I've ever heard, and it also might be one of the best. Epictetus says, as you kiss your son goodnight, whisper to yourself. Are you ready? I just want to make sure you're ready for this. Emotionally ready. As you kiss your son goodnight, whisper to yourself, he may be dead in the morning. That's one of the worst things I've ever heard. I do this all the time. You think of the worst thing imaginable. And real quick, as we've been talking about in the morning motivation this week, you don't manifest things by talking about them. If you mention a thing, you're not creating it. You're not the creator. You're not tempting fate by thinking about things. So just imagine the worst thing possible and you thinking it isn't going to make it happen. But then be overwhelmingly grateful for the moment you're in. Like be overwhelmingly grateful that when you wake up in the morning, your son's not dead. As Ryan Holiday put it, a parent who faces the fact that they can lose a child at any moment is a parent who dares not waste a moment. And Marcus Aurelius lost nine children in his life. Nine of his children died. So he knows heartbreak. Johnny, how we doing, bud? So good to see you. Johnny, can you say hi to everyone? Hi. How old are you? Two. Two years old. What are you wearing? What's on your head? My baseball hat. Whose baseball hat? Jack's. Oh, Jack's baseball. He's letting you wear it? Yeah. Oh, what a good big brother you have. What are you doing? What? What are you doing? Um, going downstairs. You're going downstairs? Did you come up to give me a kiss? Yeah. Okay, give me one. <laughs> Mwah! I love you. Go downstairs. Okay. I love you. Love you. That's Johnny on cue but that's exactly what i'm talking about you have no idea what's gonna happen tomorrow we, i think i mentioned this before but on my radio show we every year do a fundraiser for the children's hospital in town and every single family member i've talked to talks about how their four-year-old everything was great perfect no problems whatsoever they're in t-ball and soccer and then all of a sudden they get a diagnosis and the whole life has changed you could be a healthy 24 year old football player 10 seconds before you're technically dead, his heart stopped beating. He was standing at the line of scrimmage in an NFL football game, living his dream. And then 10 seconds later, he's dead on the field. Had to be brought back to life. You have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow or in 10 seconds. So don't regret not appreciating the right now. 
I think the people who are the most grateful and, and perhaps the people who are, who are, who are sick gracefully and who age the most gracefully are those who have faced the reality of dying. And dare I say, they have a great confidence in where they're going next. Let's jump to some history here. The Puritans in America always thought about death. So they didn't paint. They, they looked down upon art for the most part, uh, but portraits were allowed. The Puritans allowed portraits because they considered that historical record. But if you look at pictures of, of uh, or paintings of uh, Puritans, they all have skulls in them. <laughs> there's always a skull in the background or they're holding a skull or something. Jeez. There's a super famous one of Thomas Smith, self-portrait, 1690. And he's holding a skull in his hands and it's on top of a piece of paper. The paper has a poem. It says, why, why should I, the world, be minding? They're in a world of evils finding. Then farewell, world. Farewell, thy jars. I think that means like sudden shocks, like you're jarred. Thy joys and toys, thy wiles and wars. Like, like a cunning. So it's like the good things, the joys and the good things, but also the bad things, the cunning, the wars. True sounds retreat. I am not sorry. The eternal draws to him my heart by faith to crown me with glory. That is a uh, Puritan 1690 way of saying life is more than football. That's, that's essentially what he's saying there. Life is more than football. Let me show the scripture here because this is the key of the whole episode, 2 Corinthians 4. So Paul is saying here that God gave him and the apostles this ministry and they're never going to give up. We have renounced disgraceful, underhanded ways. So they're going to act uh, only with great integrity. And God gave the apostles this light that is the gospel. Verse 7, but we have this treasure, the gospel, in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. What is the jar of clay? Paul, Paul's body, the body is the jar of clay. Pretty similar to the times when God told armies, this is the Old Testament, God would tell armies to go into battle and they'd say, all right, we got our 50,000 men and God would be like, no, smaller, a smaller army. And they're like, okay, here's half as many. Nope, smaller. Okay, here's half as many. Nope, more. I want fewer, fewer. Why? Because when just, if, if a giant army were to defeat the enemy, then people could be like, oh, we have great military prowess. We must lift up the commander. He did a great job. Aren't we great? Of course we were going to win. We're awesome. But if it was just a few people who defeat the overwhelming enemy, then all the glory goes to God. I think it's a similar concept here. Paul's body is a fragile jar of clay. He's not the one keeping it alive. He says we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body, the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies, fragile bodies made of clay under great pressure, but because of their mission, God is keeping them alive. So here's the key. Verse 16. Uh, so 2 Corinthians 4, 16. Uh, so we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. Isn't that such a good line? Our outer self is wasting away. Our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. 
as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Life is more than football. Everyone's having fun playing a game. Then it got real. Nothing else mattered. People had a moment where they were looking at the scene. They were, they were watching a football game. It was the scene. But then, when this terrible thing happened, everyone in that stadium and everyone watching at home felt the power of the unseen. And the scene didn't matter that much anymore. The game was canceled. Who cares? Now it's the unseen things that matter again. The pain of death, of loved ones, your impending death, seeing an otherwise healthy football player almost die right on the field on TV. This can be used to get you to think about the fact that your body is wasting away each day, but that's okay because your inner self can still be renewed day by day. The pain you feel today, loss of a loved one, loss of your health, that is a light and momentary affliction that has a purpose. The purpose is to prepare you for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. That's what it says. The pain you feel now is nothing compared to the glory that you'll feel in heaven. Remember that. So what's in my control? What's in my control? Think about death often. The world doesn't. No one else is thinking about death, which is like the sign that we need to be. If the world is ignoring it, that is all you need to know that this is something we should instead be focused on. We should be focused on. Think about death often. Think about it every day. It'll make you more grateful for the present. It'll remind you that every day is precious. It'll keep you eternally minded, which is where true joy is found. C.S. Lewis had a great point that the devil and the world, every, everyone else is full of regret for the past or worry for the future. And you catch it, I catch myself all the, either regret or worry. I'm more of a worry person, but you may be a regret, worry, whatever. That's where we live. We live in the past and the future, regret and worry. And the devil does not want us to be focused on the present. Because as C.S. Lewis said, the present is the point at which time touches eternity. Stop regretting the past. Stop worrying about the future. Live in the moment. And that's where you touch eternity. Think about death often. This is a bit of a story. It's probably not true, but I like it anyway. There was, uh, there'd be times in ancient Rome when the Roman general would parade down the streets to celebrate a military triumph. So you can just imagine the hoopla of that, a procession grander than any ticker tape parade that we've ever had in America. And standing behind this Roman general, standing tall and proud and accepting all this adoring praise from fellow Romans, behind this general, a slave would stand. And throughout the procession, he would whisper in the general's ear, Respis poste, hominum te esse momento, momento mori. Look behind you. Remember that you are but a man. Remember that you will die. A general starts to think he's invincible with all that praise. What a friendly reminder. That's the ultimate antidote to pride. One last point. There's a reason why all the tech billionaires, all the tech billionaire bros are spending all their money to try and find the one thing they can't buy. 
and that is eternal life. They're looking for youth and eternal life. Bezos, richest man in the world, all these guys, the Google guys, right? They're all investing in these genetic companies that they hope can help people live forever. And there's this talk of uploading yourself in, uh, when you die to an AI version of you so that when you die, loved ones can still communicate with this AI version of you, which will respond as you would respond, would have responded. It's creepy, but so alluring to so many people. Right? Think about this. So you upload yourself. So here's why it's alluring. It's alluring because it will only push us further and further away from having to think about death, which is the master fear, which no one ever wants to think about. And now we can think about it even less because you can just upload yourself to artificial intelligence and, and people will be deluded into thinking that they'll never really die. And if everyone in our life around us just gets uploaded into AI so you can text them and even call them on the phone and this AI computer responds as if they're alive, right? So uh, imagine a loved one of your is dead and you can text them just the same and they'll respond as if they were still alive based on this AI computer system. Oh my gosh, that's so haunting. But people will fall for that. People will go for that. And it will push people even further away from thinking about the reality of death because it'll feel like it'll be an illusion that we never even die. Billionaires are obsessed with eternal life on earth. But that's impossible. People know about the Garden of Eden and, and the, the, the tree, right? The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's the one that Adam and Eve ate from. But there was another tree in the garden. No one talks about this other tree, the tree of life. Genesis 3.22, God said he must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. forever. So that's why Adam and Eve were kicked out of the garden. Adam's disobedience meant he lost his, his ability to have eternal life. And thank goodness for us, imagine being alive forever. Never reaching the light at the end of that tunnel to get where we truly belong. Revelation 2.7, to him who overcomes, I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. That's where we belong. Not here on earth forever. We belong somewhere so much better. The New York Times literally today has a headline, aging is a problem even science cannot solve yet. Now, science can't ever solve aging. This goes back to the garden, but we shouldn't even want it to be solved. Remember, it says, do not lose heart. Don't lose heart. Our, our outer self is wasting away. Yeah, science won't fix that. But our inner self is being renewed day by day. This is the final thought to think about and meditate on. Our light and momentary affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory that is far beyond comparison. So we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary. What is unseen is eternal. John 3.36, whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. That's present tense. So when you see death around you or anywhere, even on TV, don't push it aside like everyone else does. If it's on the TV, don't look away. Take that opportunity. Take this opportunity to really think about it. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, God has put eternity into your heart. Tap into it. Don't miss the opportunity. As DeMar Hamlin said, life is bigger than than football. And may I suggest the best way to fully live life in the moment is to truly contemplate death. 
slaterradio at gmail.com. Shoot me an email. Any questions you have about anything, any news stories that, uh, that cause you anxiety that we can break down and talk about. It would be greatly appreciated. Please leave a five-star review as well. I'm grateful for it. Politics by faith. Mike Slater.